I am so excited to introduce you to one of my favorite couples. Um, Chris is a metal man. I've told you guys about metal. Um, and I told you that's also one of the forums I'm in. I have two of my forum brothers here now. Uh, Dr. Wells is in the back. He's going to be speaking to you later tonight. He's in my dental forum group. And I have Ryan. Where are you, Ryan? Right there with his hand in the air, who is uh, in my metal group and is in my metal forum group. So let me tell you a little bit about Chris and Michelle. She's much more exciting than he is, by the way. Chris is a creative visionary with a passion for connecting people through media and storytelling. He started his career as a film composer, working with companies like Universal and EMI. That led to starting his first company, which became an award-winning music academy based in Los Angeles. Chris then worked with large brands, building an advertising agency that evolved into an entertainment studio, which is called Sonic Gods, and they are. Michelle Delamore got, in, in, an entertain, uh, got into entertainment as a singer, becoming a finalist on American Idol with our friend Paula Abdul. She's driven toward her purpose in social impact. She created her own company, no Girl Left Behind, which impacted tens of thousands of girls and then partnered with such brands as the CW Network, Neutrogena, Loctane, and in her spare time, Sonic Gods. She's now the CEO. Michelle has helped large brands achieve major success while leading a visionary for the Sonic Gods studio. Now, working with them is Shane Eldman. Where is Shane? who I don't know and have never met, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. But he is a creative story, storyteller. His career included a leadership role as a creative director at Yahoo, as well as directing commercials for Nike. Have you heard of Nike? Uh, VW and many others. At Sonic Gods, Shane leads the executive brand director of sharing Sonic Gods mission with the world. Let me introduce you to Chris, Michelle, and Shane. Come on up. Hello. And if we're really lucky, I know we don't have musical Mike, instruments one, one. or anything like this, but one of my favorite all-time, all-time, all-time favorite wedding moments, they sang Shallow. Oh and we didn't know it, but he's really good. Like, really good. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So that actually happened not at our wedding, because Chris thought if we sang at our wedding, it would be too cringe. That's But it true. was at a party before the wedding. But it was still really But actually, cute. it was the first time I found out that Chris could actually sing. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean... And we've been together for eight years, so... Oh, wow. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't really, uh, I don't really do that too much because this, uh, this singer right here is... Um, but, but we, might, the we might get you two at the end. So I'm going to get off stage and let you do your thing. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. God, I love this energy. Awesome. 
So I, I just want to start off just with one question, and this is for everybody, but I need you to be completely honest, okay? How many people in here know exactly what your career path uh, is going to be? What you would like it to take and what exactly you want to do with your life? Raise your hand if you know. Show of hands. Okay, great. Now, who here 10%. has absolutely no idea? Don't great. be shy. Okay, and who is like, I kind of know, I kind of don't. Awesome. Okay, so, so for the next 43 minutes, okay, I want to invite all of you here to completely let go of any idea that you have to know what you want to do for this next chapter in your life. You don't have to know the career, you don't have to know the job, you don't have to know your purpose, your dreams, anything like that. I'm just inviting everyone to let all that go. Okay, just because today we're going to have a conversation around purpose, right? And when I say discovering your purpose or what your purpose is, I know you guys have probably heard that a hundred times, but just to like dig into it a hair more, purpose does not necessarily mean what you do, right? Like you could be a dentist, and that doesn't necessarily have to be your purpose. Purpose is really connected to who you are right, what lights you up, what you love, what you are intrinsically connected to at birth, whether you're aware of it or not. So again, uh, we were introduced to Michelle and Chris, these are my colleagues, but um, we basically embody uh, a specimen, I guess, of what a purpose could look like, what a career path can look like, um, because it doesn't have to take one direction. And so I think to start out with this conversation between the three of us, I would love, Michelle, uh, I'd love you to kind of just like walk us through the trajectory of your, of your life and your career thus far. Sure. Um, and first of all, before I jump into that, I just want to say I am so excited to be here with you guys. Like we've done Leap for quite a few years now, and this is really honestly one of the most incredible group of people every single time we do it so really really pumped to be sharing space with you guys today um so yes 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 and um all right let's talk about the journey so shane asked in the beginning you know if you know your path a hundred percent you know and if you are not a hundred percent sure I think it's a really valid question because there's so much pressure to figure out like, what is your purpose? What are you supposed to do? And purpose is a really powerful thing. Purpose is actually something that we all have. Each and every one of us has a unique purpose. Um, and so sometimes we, you know, know from the beginning or we think we know from the beginning, oh, when I grow up, I'm gonna be this or I'm gonna do that or whatever the case. And then it ends up looking a lot different and we've added so much pressure to what we thought it was supposed to be that we feel like we've completely lost our way, right? And so I'm gonna actually just walk you through a little bit of my journey and my path so you guys can see how freaking zigzagged it's been. <laughs> um, and you know, I think the biggest thing here is just, we'll go, we'll go through that process, but the big thing here is understanding like, following the urges that motivate you will always kind of get you on your path. So my journey started off um, singing in church. I loved singing in church always. That's kind of where I grew up. It's where I felt most at home, um, really using my voice and singing. And I grew up around 
like in church, a lot of ministers. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to use my voice. So that was both in singing, but also in speaking. So by the time I turned 11, I started studying to become a minister. Um, and by the time I turned 12, I actually moved to an ashram, um, which is a spiritual community away from civilization, where um, you spend your entire time basically um, focusing on personal development, spiritual development, and uh, service to other people. So I did that without my family, kind of wild that they let me do that at 11 years old, but very grateful that they did. Um, and that was just something, there was an urge there. There was something that moved me to want to go and experience that. Uh, that was very much tied to a desire to uh, be of service. And then, um, you know, following that path of loving music so much, down the line, fast forward, um, I really got into music as a career. And so with that, I was a finalist on American Idol, later was signed, um, and tying everything together, I created a company called No Girl Left Behind. And so No Girl Left Behind was essentially, you know, this this organization where, um, you know, it was a full-on performance, but really it was a transformational life experience for girls. Um, and so, you know, when you think about all those things, you know, from being a minister to um, singing, like how do those things tie? Uh, it, it didn't necessarily ever feel like a really straight line. And then lastly, over time, very naturally, um, with what I was doing with No Girl Left Behind and seeing tens of thousands of girls, um, essentially, brands started contacting us and wanting to get in front of those audiences. And so I'd never done marketing in my life. I didn't even know like how to create a campaign. I just knew that I wanted to fulfill this mission. And so we figured it out. I figured it out, um, you know, how to make that happen. And so in terms of the journey, it hasn't been a straight line. And we'll get to some of those details. Um, but essentially where we've landed now and where I've landed now is a very different place than what I thought I was going to be doing in this exact moment. But it's actually so much it's so aligned with purpose, which is essentially we have an entertainment studio where I get to utilize all of those facets from the talent through the voice, through actually being a conduit through our company for others to also be able to share their voice and expression and tie that to social impact. Um, but yes, essentially the path has not been a straight one and there's been a lot of bumps along the way and a lot of exciting moments that have led to where you know we are now. I, I just want to highlight something you said just real quick before, you know, Chris, I want to hear your path. But uh, when Michelle said, like, I'd never done marketing, and this is like a secret. This is like an adult secret, and you might have heard this and you might have not. None of us know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. We are making it up. Yeah. That is pure creation. So Michelle jumped into marketing having no idea. Doesn't matter. We're all making it up, okay? Anyway, Chris. Um, I'm actually just going to jump to a story uh, to that specifically, and then I'll kind of just like speed through my, my journey. But um, speaking of not knowing what you're doing, you know, we run an entertainment studio now, which has been an, evolu uh, an evolution uh, of building and, you know, as Michelle said, zigzagging bumps. But the funny story about how that even started was... I I was doing music um, and I was like uh, scoring a lot of commercials and things like that. 
And, I, you know, I felt like I wanted to do something in media myself. And so I decided, without knowing anything about, really anything, to buy a camera and to start, you know, filming. Um, and very quickly, through a friend, actually, that also uh, Dr. Bill knows, uh, Ken Rakowski, I started shooting a talk show. Um, for, uh, for for this guy Ken, my my friend Ken, that was like three cameras, and you know, and I was pretending I knew exactly what I was doing the whole time. Really, I was at the very beginning of knowing anything about media, anything about shooting a talk show. Um, but what that really taught me and led me to to kind of understand is, as Shane said, that is really what life is all about. Is putting one foot into something that you that kind of gets you excited and not being afraid that it, you might look like a fool, to be honest. Uh, because you might look like a fool, but what you've actually created for yourself is a breakthrough. Because if you can, um, you know, get on the other side of looking like a fool, then you get better and you turn that into a strength. And that's literally what Sonic Gods is today is a compound effect of trial and error, aka looking like a fool. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and, and that's really, I mean, look, we do the same thing today, but just on a much, much bigger level. Um, we're in the process right now of creating two TV shows this year that are going out on Amazon Prime. And we're following these incredible stories but we are at the beginning of being a you know studio that is rivaling the biggest studios in the world. And it's the same thing, like I say, just on a much bigger scale in where we're putting one foot in front of the other uh, you know, to play at that level. So um, I'll just quickly speed through, you know, I, I started in music and my passion, my purpose really came from um, helping people feel inspired. And, you know, I originally did that with music, as I say, got into um, media and entertainment. And that's really what we do today is we help people feel inspired. That is the mission of Sonic Gods. And in case you're wondering about the name, when I was a teenager, you know, being in music, helping people feel inspired. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are, you know, into how the body works beyond, you know, on the particle level, but we're all vibrating beings. Um, and every molecule in your body is vibrating at all times. That's how we're held together. And you can vibrate low or you can vibrate high. And that was like my, the biggest fascination to me is how things like music and media storytelling could help people, you know, raise their vibration. So Sonic Gods, that's where the name came from is you know, raising, helping raise people's vibration to uh, unlock possibility and inspire them. So that's what we do today. And it's kind of a, yeah, a little brief on my story. Awesome. So uh, can I dive in? Yeah, I kind of want to, okay. So I would love to know, um, this is something I've always, so how do you uh, discover your purpose? Obviously, like you don't climb to the mountains of Kathmandu and it comes to you like, how do you? I have wanted to do purpose? that. You have personally. I'll cheer you on for yeah. the bottom. <laughs> I will cheer you on. Um, so I, I would say, look, how do you discover your purpose, right? How do you discover that is really just taking the time 
to actually be in tune with what feels good in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, when you are actually doing certain things. So, you know, we talk a lot about following the urges that motivate you. For Chris, it was, I'm really kind of obsessed with this camera and that urge is motivating me. And now we literally have an entertainment studio that works with major streamers and all of that, right? And so you don't have to necessarily overthink it or have a plan. Um, you know, again, each of us have a purpose and it's all about really just tapping in and tuning in to what actually is giving you energy. Because you actually know when you're on the right path when you have a surplus of energy. Now there's gonna be times when you're on the right path and you actually are like feeling a little tapped out because you've just been going and going and going. But you know when you do something and you have 3x, 5x, 10x the amount of energy than when you're doing something else, that's actually something that is in your flow zone. That's a really powerful state. So when I was developing No Girl Left Behind, you know, people would be like, how are you not sleeping? How are you doing all this stuff? I mean, we were, you know, we had tours and we're seeing tens of thousands of people and there's so much going on. And I felt like, I felt like the energizer bunny. And I think that's actually how you know, it's a big part of how you know, when something is actually energizing you. Um, you can find it in those small moments too. You know, the conversations that you have with friends, conversations that you have at work, conversations that you have with anyone, where it either drains you or it fills you up with a bit more life. That's the thing that you continue to follow and follow. Can, can I ask you, just because when you're describing it, it sounds so beautiful and easy and effortless, and it's like coming to you from this higher yeah, source, yeah, yeah. but you are going to meet resistance. You I mean, are. Uh, you, am I right? I mean, yes. You, it's not going to be roses and flowers all the time, so... Yes. I think that's one of the big things, too. Like, resistance is not to uh, be mistaken as something that is to tell you, okay, actually, maybe this is not the thing I'm supposed to do. I think a lot of times people will try something once or twice or even three times, and you know, maybe you get a few no's and you think, oh my God, like obviously this is not the thing I'm supposed to do. Um, resistance is actually such a powerful, it's a very powerful um, experience because it's actually challenging you to dig in deeper, mm -hmm. to go further, to, to try something new that you haven't tried before. And so when you're able to actually move through the, not the three no's, the 100 no's, the 1,000 no's, um, and actually move past that and then have a breakthrough, that's really where you find the new level of what's possible for you, what you're able to execute. Um, so resistance is a real thing. Resistance looks like, you know, you getting out there and feeling some rejection, basically. You know, it, it looks like a lot of different things. Um, Can I yeah. just, not some rejection, but... An insane oh, yes. amount of rejection, an insane yes. amount of mistakes, and an insane amount of failure, which will be your gift. Which I'll just quickly say, for anyone who ever wants to be an entrepreneur and run a business, that's what it's like. Yeah. In the best way possible, is you, yeah, constantly tripping, learning, growing. Yeah, and for us, I think one of the big things that's happened that we've created for ourselves, and Chris and I, we're co-CEOs of the company. We get to bounce off of each other, and when one of us is, uh, you know, feeling the pain a little bit more one day than the other, you know, we really work to be that um, that balance for each other. Um, but yeah, I think absolutely, it's it's really important to understand that the whole thing is essentially a game, that we are meaning-making machines that, you know, we talk about this a lot, where it's like, see things as they are, 
not worse than they are. Um, and that's a really big part of allowing yourself to move past rejection, move past resistance, and get on the other side. Can you unpack that just for 10 seconds? Because it sounds amazing, but what, what dig into that just for a beat. I, I, if, if I may. Yes. <laughs> so um, the statement that Michelle just said, uh, see things as they are, not worse than they are. I hear that a lot from Michelle because I often see things worse than they are. Um, and, you know, and, and I think we all do that, right? Um, which really means to me, uh, and I think Michelle is much better at this than I am, uh, is it's so easy when something goes wrong in your life to, you know, and especially if it's like something that comes at you unexpectedly, uh, unex unexpectedly, you know, and just like comes out of nowhere and you have to deal with it. And, you know, there are things that happen that you can blow out of proportion. And it's, it's funny because it almost is like, it's an emotional response that like your body wants you to have. And what it actually does is it like, it blows you up and makes everything, you know, 10 times worse than it is. And then as we all know, cause we've been, you know, in this, in this state before, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour goes by, and then you look back on that, and maybe, and hopefully you haven't done something irrational when that happened. Um, but you look back and you, you think to yourself, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was, um, or it actually was. So that's just kind of like a, a, a little side of that. So yeah, it, it's something that I definitely um, work on every day. And so I'll just like add to that as well is the reason why it's so important to see things as they are not worse than they are is because when you put when you start thinking of something as worse than it is what you're actually doing is creating an energetic state so what Chris was talking about vibration you're now vibrating at a lower frequency but where things where possibility actually is birthed is in the higher vibration frequencies, the frequency of possibility, the frequency of joy, the frequency of, um, you know, just even contentment, right? There's being more on that side versus, oh my God, everything's gonna blow up and it's over and I messed up and dwelling on that too long. Like I know for myself, I'm definitely someone who overthinks things a lot, but I have to remember, is that gonna actually get me to the next place that I wanna be? Let me move myself into a higher frequency essentially. Love it. Awesome. Cool. So great. You, you have some sense of your purpose now, right? So then what does that look like incorporating that purpose into a path, a career, vocation, whatever we want to call it? How does that, how does that look then? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Again, this theme that we're talking about is all around not necessarily even knowing the path, just following and surrendering and just being present with, again, what feels right, what motivates you, what's, you know, what's giving you that energy. And so... Can, can you talk just before you move on from surrendering, just what that means exactly when you say like just surrendering? Yeah. Surrendering is, and actually Chris talks about this a lot, so he can jump into this as well. But surrendering is just being present and to practice not attaching emotion or too much meaning to something, just knowing that you are more than the experience and letting the moment pass. That's way easier said than done. <laughs> way easier said than done. Um, but I think something to know is that, and again, you guys hear this all the time, the moments will always pass. And they're either going to be, um, they're, they're either going to feel 
heavier or um, more exciting, you know, depending on the meaning that you give it. So when something is actually happening, I think a lot of times for us, we've just essentially decided, like, let's surrender. There's something in here that we need to learn that we're going to grow through. We're going to have to be in this for a while anyway. So let's just let it pass. To me, it's just about being very present um, and looking for the lesson and even observing yourself. One thing that I'll also say to this, that which you know, is just something that has helped me a lot is understanding that, you know, you're not your body, the physical body, you're not your mind. And the reason why you know you're not your mind is because you have the ability to observe your own thoughts. The fact that you have the ability to observe your own thoughts means that the real you is something greater. The real you is consciousness. The real you is something that is limitless, limitless potential. And so what that actually means is that in those moments when you are going through something really heavy, something that really doesn't feel good, you have the ability to bird's eye and actually observe this experience from a part of you that is unlimited potential that has the ability to get through anything really. Um, so that is what essentially I'm able to anchor myself in when I have to get into those moments of like, I just need to surrender. That's great. I love that. And just to put, just put some, another layer on top of that, it's really, you know how you'll talk to each other and you'll hear people say your parents, anybody, your friends, and they'll say like, Oh, I'm just impatient oh, I'm just type A personality, or I'm this. The truth is, and I think what you're speaking to is we don't necessarily know. Yeah. So in order to, once you surrender, it just becomes all possibility, right? Exactly. Cool. Exactly. I'll just quickly say to that, really hard to surrender. I think everyone can probably uh, agree to that. Um, it's definitely a lesson I learned way later in my life. Uh, and... Um, just an example, you know, we obviously all went through the period of COVID, uh, you know, where it like shut the world down. We, you know, as a, as business owners, almost put us out of business as it did for a lot of people. And that is an example of a time of surrender for Michelle and I where, and actually also um, seeing the bigger picture in the sense that, you know, seeing things as they are, not worse than they are, even though seeing things as they are in that moment was pretty bad. But um, when you surrender, it also allows you to put yourself in a state of being able to find solutions a lot faster. Mm -hmm. um, when you are reactive, it, it creates an environment for yourself in where you, a lot of the time, make the wrong choices. And you know, through that period for us, we really had to surrender to what was going on because, you know, there was, like I said, there was a moment where it was like, is uh, everything that we've built up to this point actually going to survive? Like, it, it, you know, is this, are we going to be able to get through this? And then we turned that into essentially strategy, which was surrendering to, look, this is happening to us, it's happening to everyone. And um, yeah, and, and we've got to just accept that and take that and be able to now navigate through that in uh, the... Uh, most calm manner possible. And that's really what it is. It's being calm in the storm, uh, whether that's a small storm around you or a much bigger, in this case, global storm. So. Yeah. 
Let, let me ask you something just to what you said, though. So in those moments where you do come up against it, where it is difficult, where there's doubt, self-doubt within your company, within yourself, how do you make that distinction then between, oh, maybe this isn't connected to my purpose and maybe this is wrong. And you know what? I'm going to hold steadfast and I'm going to keep moving forward. How, do you, how are you able to draw that distinction? It's a great question. I, I, I think I still don't quite know the answer. Um, I think, you know, and that's, that is a life question for everyone, which is how do you, how do you know? And I think this comes back to, you know, being in tune with who you are and your gut and your heart and really following like what feels right um, innately in your you know, in your soul, in your being. And sometimes that means you have to completely change your identity or like evolve your identity, I should say. And to be honest, that's happened to me multiple times in my life. Um, you know, again, I, I started in music. I now haven't, I used to be in a studio every single day. I haven't been in a studio for four and a half years or maybe more. Um, and you know, that's an evolution of my life and where, you know, I, ha you know, you have kind of an identity crisis. You, you know, don't know what you're doing. Am I on the right path? Am I not on the right path? But I think this is where surrender as a tool is really, really helpful because it allows you to just sort of, again, be at peace, be at calm and follow your intuition. And now, you know, we're on a path that, you know, does feel right from that. For me, it's an evolution from music, um, and it's using all of the creativity that I used when I was doing music um, in you know this business and the creativity we have in the you know shows that we create and the stories that we tell. So, I'm not sure if that answered your question, but yes, it's all good. All this is good. We can. Yeah, so I'm going to add also to the surrender side of things. And then with that, I'm going to give you guys some like really tangible lessons that Chris and I have learned because it's been quite a wild path for us. And it's also been the most incredible path. Um, and so the the first, I just want to make sure we're not missing anything here. So the um, when it comes to surrender for me, you know, we talked a little bit about No Girl Left Behind and what I built with No Girl Left Behind. In 2020, like Chris mentioned, in 2020, um, we essentially, with No Girl Left Behind, had spent two years building up to a nationwide tour where we were set to see one million girls. That was our goal, that was our target, and we achieved getting that booked out. And then the pandemic happened. And of course, that's what uh, everyone experienced in their own individual way. And that is one of those moments of surrender. Um, and I remember even when we transitioned, it was like, we're, there are no tours. There are no live events in this way anymore. Um, and so immediately, Chris and I looked at each other and we said, Let's, what do we want to build that is going to be the, um, that's really going to be in line with what really drives us and is also going to be an asset to what we want to do with purpose? And so, you know, with that whole thing, I still had turmoil inside over the fact that we essentially what felt like failure. We built up to this tour that just never was able to happen, even though it was a global pandemic. Um, and so one day I was in the shower 
where a lot of my ideas and inspiration come from is in the shower. Um, I was in the shower one day and as the water is just like falling on me, I had this like epiphany, this moment where I was able to see um, this bigger picture, this idea that every single one of us is a drop in a great big beautiful ocean, right? And each of us has a purpose. And when you go into that drop of water, you, you into that ocean, you create a ripple. Each of us creates a ripple. And the size of that ripple and what you do with that ripple is really based on three things in terms of creating massive impact because each of our purpose is not for us individually. We're all here together in this collective experience, right? So what happens with that ripple is based on three things, how much you impact people. The first one is human potential, um, your own human potential. This is really being in a state, putting yourself, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit into a state um, that is really able to drive you to success, to drive you through the hard moments, that's really going to be able to have you achieve all the things that you're trying to achieve. Um, so that looks like physically working out. That looks like uh, taking the time to be on your own and assessing, does this feel good? Does this not feel good? How, you know, how is this resonating with me? The second is wealth. Now, wealth is... A, yeah. Sorry, before you move on to wealth, so <laughs> I, I, I understand that. So your physical being, your body, your so what about mentally and all, all that? All of it, yeah. Your physical, your mental, this is what I'm saying. It's putting yourself, taking the time to do what essentially helps you be in a state um, of flow. Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, I meditate every morning. Um, that's a big part of my process. Um, and then actually doing the physical work, physical work. I actually emphasize the physical side because that's never been something that I enjoy. It's not something that I've ever cared for. And yet I notice that when I do it, I can perform three times, you know, more powerfully essentially. So yeah, that's, that's that. So going into extraordinary wealth, wealth is a really, really important part of life. Um, wealth is well-rounded, but in this case, I'm going to speak specifically about money, the energy of money. Um, and the more money you can generate, the more money that you have, the more impact you can create in the world, the more you can touch others. Um, and so... With that, the greatest lesson that I learned, um, and I know that for both of us we've really focused on, is the importance of learning sales. Chris and I are creative people. The thought of like learning the mechanics of sales and selling just never felt like it was a flow zone for us. But it is fundamental for everyone to really learn sales, to get out there, because all that is, is practicing the muscle of rejection and then getting back up and doing it again, doing it better, and then achieving on the other side of it after that repetition. Okay, so sales sounds great, but let's say this person wants to be an engineer at JPL and this person wants to be a dentist. Why, why sales? Yeah. Exactly. Like Chris said, selling yourself. You're, we're all always selling. You're going to be selling your vision. You're going to be selling, you know, whether if your actual job, your role, or what you're doing requires you to be on a call with someone and get them to actually purchase something. If you decide to build something, to build a product, it's so important that you actually learn that skill of 
communicating with people in a way that influences them. And the greatest way to influence someone is to really listen to them, to really understand what motivates them, what drives them, what matters to them, versus just you know speaking about um, the thing that you want to get across. And so sales is an incredibly powerful tool. And what I would say, what I would suggest, because I've talked about this all the time with Chris, I always say, man, like I would have started off, I would have like gotten a job where I have to do or even called for my own products. Like I would do like 300 sales calls and just, you know, do the thing that nobody ever wants to do um, to really build that muscle and learn that psychology that essentially starts to build that wealth. Awesome. Second wealth. And was there a third Influence. So the third one is influence. In order to create a really huge impact, influence is key. And so especially now, we all have the tools. You guys know this. Social media is a thing, and it also puts so much power in your hands. Um, regardless if you want to work at a certain company and you're aspiring for that, or if you're an entrepreneur building something, building your brand right now is the most valuable asset that you can create for yourself. Uh, so with that, it's really about putting yourself out there, creating content, being consistent, um, and being willing to Get out there and not get the likes, not get the views. But the more that you build that presence online, no matter what happens, if you start a business and it fails and you close it down, um, or if you go to a job and then it ends up not working out, you have an asset that now continues to compound that is really, really valuable for you. So if you really, you know, if you focus on building that brand presence for yourself and creating that influence, you're able to impact a lot more people. It's getting your voice out there in a really big way. I love it. Awesome. Anything you want to say around that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just add that um, on, you know, to the last point, uh, influence. Actually, there's, there's two things I'd say. The first is, um, and this comes back to sales as well, is... It's about being able to um, project confidence and certainty with whatever it is that you want to communicate. Like, I've, I've definitely been somebody, you know, I'm naturally introverted. Um, I have not been, this, I was not the strongest communicator in, in, you know, the past. I had to really learn a lot of skills in communication. And especially, you know, with building a business. As Michelle said, sales is everything when you're building a business otherwise you don't have a business and so that really is you know communication and just being confident in your you know message your mission and then as Michelle said listening um, so that's the the first thing and then the second thing I was going to add was and it completely left me what was the third point <laughs> influence influence oh yeah I was just going to say to influence I personally am not like a social media like person. Um, I have tried, as I'm sure you know, others in this room have, uh, to build my personal brand. It's really not that easy at all. And I know a lot of people out there make it seem really easy. The funny thing is, is we do it for other companies. Um, we build, help them build their brands. Uh, doing it for yourself is really um, challenging because you really have to know how to communicate to the world about who you are and what you, uh, how you want to bring value to other people. And I think that's really what it's about at the end of the day is uh, building your personal brand. The center of it needs to be about who you are and how you bring 
value to help other people um, and share things with other people that, you know, and it can be anything from bringing joy to somebody to actually, you know, giving advice. So, you know, at the center of building your personal brand, again, not something I've been super strong at. Um, for those who do build that into an asset, as Michelle mentioned, um, that's just kind of one thing I would say that should be at the center of it. Very cool. So I'm trying to get the uh, Just Hand Sizzle emailed. I know Dr. Bill wanted us uh, to yeah. oh, cool. play it, yeah. so I'm okay, desperately so trying to get a hold of someone on the team to send. Oh, you, you have, have it? it? Awesome. I have something for your website now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So basically what you're what you're about to see is really like an amalgamation of everything we've talked about. This is really discovering your purpose uh, in the work that we do. Uh, and Chris, do you want to kind of... I was just going to say, if it's from our website, it's probably not what you're thinking is. Oh, is it the... Uh, which is fine. But yeah, uh, why don't you play helpful? it, Bill, and then we'll talk about it after. Would it be helpful to send it to you, Dr. Bill? No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, let's we, do that. We should. Actually we, could we... Do, actually, we could do both because that one's only a minute. Okay. And Shane, if you can email, I think they'll like the apprentice one. Oh, or yeah. Do, or 60 do day both. Hustle. Yeah. Okay, They're so, both so awesome. So I what, thought you guys submitted them. Uh, we didn't. But if you want to play that first one while we pull up the second one. Awesome. And then we can kind of give context. All right. Hit it, guys. Now that's what I'm talking about. So these guys just sold two pilots that are being made into series. One is amazing. Have you ever seen Formula One? Okay, imagine a sequel based on a driver who is a paraplegic. That's yeah. what done. quadriplegic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quadra? He actually Four. broke his neck. Yeah. Yeah. All it's, right. Well, it's even well, yeah. We'll play that. All right, let's play that. So he's grabbing it now. Should we maybe open it up to a couple questions while he pulls it up? Yeah, and you have Justin's email? Um, Justin, no. Do you have it? Yeah, I, I do. While they sort this out, we'll talk about some of the entertainment side. You're, you guys are going to see some of our shows. You know, like Chris said, we started off with, you know, the love of a camera and then moving into actually now creating TV shows. We also developed a model that 
is, you know, something very innovative in the industry where we get our TV shows funded 100% by brands. And that was something that we created our own lane in that way. Um, so you don't always have to follow the straight path. You figure out, you know, what's going to work from all the experiences that you've had. But I just wanted to open up to you guys while they get those links. Does anyone want to ask any questions? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess my question is, um, so like I know you said finding your path is like something um, essentially that's important to success, but what about the people who start early and essentially get like a head start? Wouldn't that um, like be more beneficial for them? Can, can you define, when you say start early and get a head start, what do you mean? Are you, are you referring to yourself? Like, for example, uh, if somebody starts a major when they're 23 and the other person pursues it when they're like 27, wouldn't the person who's 23 have an advantage? Well, so I'm, I want to like understand the question, but I would say it's about jumping in, right? It's very easy to compare yourself, right? To say someone is 27 and they still haven't necessarily gotten to a certain place. I know, for example, you know, in the entertainment industry, especially for women, it's like if you've hit a certain age and you haven't gotten to a certain thing, there's so much pressure around that. Yes, the advantage that you create for yourself is jumping in as early as possible and learning through the challenges for sure. Um, and so, that's that's the advantage that I see. I think even for the person at 27 who started or who, you know, has achieved something um, or is still in the beginning and then the person at 23 who is really achieved something massive. Um, yeah, I think there's there's different lessons that they're going to go on for their different journey based on their purpose. You know, so there's people like we hear these stories of, like you know, KFC or some of these other companies that were started by people in their fifties and sixties and seventies. I'm going to share just to your point, just something about me specifically. Okay. So three years ago, and this was just before the pandemic, I actually chose to take a 180 degree turn in my career. Right. I felt like I was showing up, uh, like 70%, right? I was being tapped for 70% of me, which is totally fine. You can go an entire life at 30%. Most people do, right? So I was showing up at 70%. For whatever reason, I was done with that. So I decided to create complete groundlessness, leave Yahoo, get rid of all my clients, and go after... Very, I made a list, very, 12 very specific things. I want to work at this type of company with these type of people... I want there to be a love of food. I want it you know, to feel like a family. Very specific things, right? So I was very far away from the target, right? But I was willing at my, you know, at a, a much later age to risk that because it, it meant everything to me. So the quick answer to your question is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, 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 I was incredibly successful. I had a successful uh, career as a film director, commercial director, even an actor. Uh, I had, ha you know, I'd gone to the nth degree with all those, but it was at, you know, the age of 47 when I decided, you know what, let me just risk everything now and really find a place where I can show up as 100% because that's what I wanted. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think that the, the pressure of time and the expectation of by when is, you know, one of the the most potentially crippling things that we can create for ourselves. Um, it's so important to jump in as soon as you can and get it moving. I think that's most important than anything. But just to not make age your target. Um, really, because as long as you're alive, 
As long as you're here, you can reinvent what life looks like for you at any point, at any moment. And that's actually a lesson that I've had to tell myself as well, you know? So I would say take age out of the equation and right now, in this moment, in this very second, choose what you want to do and give it everything you have. Like that's more important than a by when. Yes, I, I think what you're saying, just real quick, and then we'll go to the next question, uh, choice. So if I... I think we'll go to the video. Oh, we're going to go to the video. Okay. Yeah, let's hold that. Okay, great. Let's go to the video. Hit it. High-performance racing is a sport of passion. These amateur drivers didn't grow up in the sport destined to be a professional. They fuel their own journey. They compete week after week, driven purely by their love of racing. Everyone in this sport has something to prove. Some more than others. Out of the dust. A legend is born. I am a quadriplegic. Most people that look at me wouldn't think that I'm somebody who should be on the track next to them. And I want to prove them wrong. First time I was ever on track after 28 years of being in a chair was like, well, I need to buy a race car. I'm the world's only quadriplegic rescue scuba diver. I did 12 marathons in 12 months. I ski, I skydive. I do anything that challenges my life insurance policy. Written in stone, history's made. This is a completely new world to me, and it scares the shit out of me. I'm scared I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm scared I'll crash within the first two laps. But fuck that. We're going to fucking be competitive. This is my birth. This is my legacy, I made for this shit. This is my moment, I was born for this shit. I make it rumble when I show my grit. I ain't the rock, I ain't the real. If I crash, I don't feel my leg, so it's not a big deal. I'm legendary. in the world that I can compete against anybody. That's my goal for racing. Yeah. Now, that's what I'm talking about. You know, do you remember yesterday? We don't even have to show the second one. That one's good enough. Do you remember yesterday? Oh, we did want to actually play the second one because we actually wanted to invite uh, people to because oh. we're actually casting for the second one. So hit it. <laughs> yeah, I will tell after what we're talking about. All right. There are millions of ways to generate wealth. Anyone can build that next multi-million dollar business, and they can launch it in just 60 days. Time to show the world that top is what I strive for. Greatness is a journey I'm willing to strive for. Consistency is key, and I don't take Growing up broke, you gotta have multiple different forms of income coming in. The first day that I started, I saw the vision. But I don't see the success to keep it in a flow. Let the hustle begin. I'm in it for the glory. Each episode, these aspiring entrepreneurs will be put through high pressure challenges. No, 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 no. To see if they've got what it takes to build their businesses from the ground up. 
I'm not going to stop until something finally breaks. And along the way, we'll be given million-dollar experiences <laughs> that will show them what they can attain for themselves and their families by achieving success. But they won't be alone. Mentoring them on their journey will be millennial business mogul Rudy Moore. I learned at a very young age that money gives you the freedom to pursue your dream. My mom was a world-class gold medalist in triathlon, and my dad, the Great Britain team manager at Mordepol Olympic Games. Although they were excellent at what they did, money was always a problem. So I started my first company on the internet at just 13 years old. And by the age of 30, I built not one, but eight million dollar company. Joining Rudy will be a team of major influencer entrepreneurs equipped with all the tools and strategies needed to succeed in the modern business world. It's not the going to work in a traditional environment. It's a puzzle, but it's your puzzle. You have to put it together. Who will offer their expertise and empower these entrepreneurs to push through their failures, holding them back from success. You don't believe you'll do a million dollars in a year, you won't do a million dollars in a year. All with the goal of pitching their startup and the opportunity to win a life-changing investment at the end of 60 days. I'm in it for the glory. it's hard even though you can have crappy days days that you think everything's against you but i think the most exciting part is making yourself better every day through entrepreneurship you just have to hustle can i get a show of hands who'd watch that series who'd watch that who'd watch that who would watch that series you guys raise your hands all right thank you well, that's good. That's good feedback for us. Um, so I'll just quickly say uh, this, uh, just so you guys understand, the way that the, we do what we do in entertainment is we create shows and we create these trailers, these sizzles, and then we work with uh, brands to bring the financing, which is you know the different than how the traditional model is where you would go to a financier and it's a lot of hoops to jump through. But what it means is Sonic Gods gets to own the content rather than having to have a big studio, um, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, Amazon, whatever, own the content. And then these shows are going out on Amazon Prime. So it, it kind of flips it on its head a little bit, but it allows us to put ourselves in a position that we can create this content ourselves. So what I wanted to actually throw out to everyone is this uh, is going into production in October, and we are looking for six aspiring entrepreneurs, as it says, uh, to be a part of the series. So if there's anyone in here, if anyone knows anybody that's based in LA um, that has a registered business that's at the beginning stages and you feel like would be a good candidate for being a part of this show, please let us know because we're looking for incredible people like everyone in this room. All ages. All ages, yes, yep. uh, to be a part of this. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, if anyone feels like they can, they, they want to build their business in 60 days because it's, uh, it's going to be intense but, but really awesome. And we hope to also help educate a lot of people along the way through this series of how to build their businesses. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Let's give a big round of applause for the Sonic Gods.
Thank you guys. Thank you guys, guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.